Welcome to the Victor Collins Sabre podcast. We pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you and stir you up as you listen to this anointed, transformative, and down-to-earth teaching by Bishop Collins. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Enjoy the message. Father, tonight, what a blessing it is to be your house. Thank you for your word. Speak to us like never before. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. May be seated. Ephesians chapter 4, the 14th verse. The 14th verse of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Are you here tonight? Beautiful. Is that my little friend, Makai? Hey, you just wake up or... <laughs> All right. That we henceforth... How's the sound? There's too much sound on the left side. I don't know if you hear that. Rev, do you hear that? Maybe you should sit in the middle to hear what I'm talking about. There's too much sound here than, than here. And I hear this speaker is even lower than here. So you know what kind of sound waves are going through the speaker. All right? Okay. Who's controlling the mixer? Who's you? You got name? But a deep. You have to find out how I like my mic. All right? Nobody has ever asked me that since Donkey, donkey is. You have to find out, Bishop, how do you want your sound? You understand? Uh-huh. So that you know how to keep my highs, my lows, my bases, and all of that. I think Aaron Cromwell knows that. I'm not sure that he's forgotten since he started making children. All right, so you should, you should learn that. You should find out what does he like. You know, sometimes when we are, when we are traveling, so we're going to a country, um, then the pastor's wife, most of the time, will, will call home and find out what does your husband eat? What does he not eat? Because, you see, somebody comes, a pastor comes to your house and he lives in your house for the few days he stays. You have to know what to cook. You can't cook Bora if he doesn't like Bora. I say, oh, I, I made something nice, delicious for you. Only to realize it's Bora and he doesn't eat Bora. So that is some of the homework that, you know, once upon a time, the pastor's wife would do. They will, they will find out what is his, you know, what is the food he eats? What does he not eat? Does he eat everything? Is he okay? pepper, salt, or maybe the person even has some, some illness. You get it? Sometimes some people, diabetic, they don't eat this, they don't eat that. Meanwhile, you have gone to the market and you have shopped and done so many sweet things. Only to realize that the person that you are trying to please, he doesn't, he doesn't eat any of those things. How many understand what I'm trying to say? It's, it's part of hospitality. Sometimes, what does he drink? 
Some people don't drink sugar. They say just water. Water is okay. You're going to buy mortar, smorter, mortar from uh, banks, mortar, martina, uh, tiger malt, uh, lion malt, uh, rabbit malt, all them kind of malts. And they have this cokes, this, this, this. Only to realize a guy that doesn't drink any, any sweet drink. It's, water, it's a water man. It's an aqua man. <laughs> People are funny. Well, you see that guy who calls him Aquaman. He looks like he's from the he's from the sea. He looks very funny. His features, his long hair. He's like Mami Wate's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know the Aquaman? Yeah, he looks very funny. Yeah, he comes and say Aquaman. And people go and say, the Aquaman, the movie is all under the sea. Isn't it fantastic? God did not create human beings to live under the sea. So, what, what, it is SpongeBob. SpongeBob is Aquaman, huh? Josh, is SpongeBob doesn't he live in the in the in the, in the sea? He lives in the sea, right? It's a it's a pineapple. He lives in a pineapple in the under the sea. Look. So I don't think we should eat pineapple again. <laughs> because pineapple is a house of SpongeBob. Square pants. <laughs> that we henceforth be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Uh, so Tuesday evenings we are talking about how to become a mature Christian. How to become a mature Christian. And we're talking about how to become a mature Christian because many Christians are not mature. Ask your neighbor, are you a mature Christian? What did he say? He said what? Many Christians are not matured. Yeah. Because there's so much to know and so much to learn. And, and, and immaturity is characterized by ignorance and naivety. And there's a lot of things that many people don't know about when it comes to Christianity. So that's why I was explaining on Sunday that that is why when you come to church, this aspect is never God speaking. It is the pastor preaching. And once you limit it to a man speaking, that's when your phone will ring and you'll go and answer your phone. Because there's, there's, there's no revelation, there's no knowledge, there's no wisdom, there's no understanding, which are the hallmarks of maturity. In your knowledge of God and of church and you're coming into this presence, that makes you get up and do the things you do. You know, some people, some babies will even, even get annoying that they came to the church, their phone rang, and you told them to turn off their phone. Babies behave like that. Very, they, they, you cannot control babies. When a baby decides to cry right now, actually, 
It's either you, you put Bobby in the baby's mouth or you something. The babies, when they start crying, so the journey is to move upwards and to become a mature Christian. I said the journey is to move upwards and become a matured Christian. Are you with me tonight? Now, a mature Christian knows or must know why things are done. If you are mature, you know why there's no breakfast. Children don't understand why mommy didn't cook. So, they walk around the house with your face turned up. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. But you're a child because you don't know that mommy and daddy, they're brooks. Because you don't even know what it means to be brooks. You have no idea. That is a, is a sign of an immature person, somebody who's a child. And therefore, when you are a Christian and you don't know why certain things are done, you don't know how certain things are the way they are. I mean, I was here, as, as, as I was saying, I was just looking uh, into, the, into the sky and, and, and I was thinking about our conference in February because February we're going to have a pastor's conference again. It's an annual event. Hallelujah. It's an annual event. Then I was asking myself, what, last, last February, when the people came here, it was, the, the ceiling was like this. The roof was like this. So I pray that by next February, when they come, it won't be like this. But even if you come and look at this, it's not just, just that we don't want to do it. Have you given us money to do it? <laughs> yeah, Amplifier Music Conference. The name might change. But we'll see. Yeah? <laughs> see, so, I hope when they come, by the grace of God, would have gone far. So they'll see that, Charlie, this place, there's progress. But if you come and it's the same way, you don't even understand. You don't even understand. These, 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 these towels that you see there that we are going to put down here and enjoy. Charlie, just tonight, I had to pay uh, what? Uh, almost 80000 <laughs> for for some one trip that these people did or some trip that I, I, we owed them. Yeah. You, don't, you see the towels there. Ah, so why are the towels there? Why don't they put it on the floor? So why don't you just come and take it and put it on the floor for us? So I'm saying, I'm saying in fact, I said I, I almost forgot. I want you to do something. I think I said this. Was it Sunday or last Tuesday? I said that the stage and the level that we are at, we have to do things the right way. And it comes with maturity. For example, I'm putting together the, um, the businessmen, the businesswomen, the professionals, and putting them together in a ministry. And this Saturday, by the grace of God, I'm going to explain some things to them. You have to be matured. 
You see, that is the reason why at a certain age, many people don't have the things that they're supposed to have. Because they still run around like children. Now remember, if you have the chance to stay in your parents' home without paying rent, that's your rich, that's your moment of becoming rich. I should say it again. If you live anywhere without paying rent, it is your season of becoming rich. Remember the seven fat cows and the seven lean cows. Because if you live in a place your parents under the shadow of your parents or whatever, and you don't pay rent and you can't save money and get rich, when you move out to go and pay rent and have bills, So, I want us to, I want, so, so you see that what we're doing these days is that we're doing things with everybody in Guyana together. It's not just people in Samaria. Because you're all my church members. I've just given you over to some, some people I, I believe in to, to talk to you every Sunday. But all of you are my church members. All of you. That's why Tuesday you must come here. Kala. That's why you must come here on Tuesday because you are my church member. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one shepherd. There's one shepherd. And you realize that for even for a long time, many of my assistants have not been able to direct the hearts of the people to me. Because among yourselves, you've been dealing with each other like as if you are the person's pastor. But you are not a pastor, you are a thief. It's true. Somebody comes to you and tells you something. All you have to say is that, please go and talk to your pastor. I'm not your pastor. But so, oh, oh, yes, no, I agree with you. It's not nice at all. You have become a counselor to somebody. You are not a counselor. You're not a person's counselor. That's how many people have been confused and many people have become cold and some have even left because other people who are not their pastors decided to pastor them. I see that some people have started messaging me now and then. I see, you have, even that in the message, you have to grow in it. When you say good morning, have a blessed day, it doesn't mean anything. It's first level. It's baby level. You have to get to the point where you involve me in something you are doing to get God's direction in it. That, that's my purpose. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1 says that a high priest is taken from among men and ordained for things pertaining to... to give me Hebrews chapter 5. Yeah. So I know some of you, good morning bishop, have a blessed day. It's a very beautiful message. But I want to know about your business. I want to mind your business so I can direct you as your shepherd. If you keep your business from me, you'll be lost. For every pastor is taken from among men, ordained for men in things pertaining to God. Ordained for you. In the things that God is involved. So, we have to, there are, there are areas to grow. There are so many things that if you don't start and start well and be committed to it, it'll be a, it'll be a problem. And so I believe that we have reached a point where people have to give up properties for the furtherance of this ministry.
But in, in continuing, I'm saying that you must do, you must not just do something because everybody does it. You must not just dance because everybody is dancing or you like dancing or you, no, no. You must dance with understanding. You see, when you understand why you dance, you never want to be suspended. No, if you don't, the reason why you, you're going to school, you never, you never move with, with bad friends. You will never be suspended. You will never disrespect a teacher. It's not because you're a fool, but you understand why you're in the school. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no joke. But you see, that, the Bible says that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. So many, many young people are foolish. Before you, 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 you catch yourself, Jada, before you catch yourself, you are at a high level, you're in secondary school, then you see that, ah, Jada, the maths is not working, the French is not working, the Portuguese is not working, the Spanish is not working, you, you fit, nothing is working, you finish school, and then so you see somebody say, come on, star, you say, hey, me, I, I didn't do the, the Spanish, I didn't like, I didn't go to school, I didn't, but whenever miss comes to the class, I don't even go. But then the time has passed. I was, I was, I was going somewhere, I was, I was heading to the quarantine, and um, a police, a little, little boy police officer stopped me. He stopped me like that, so I stopped. He was wearing dark shades, young boy. He took his dark shades like that. And he says, French Guyana, bonjour. I said, bonjour, monsieur, ça va? He said, carry on. <laughs> and I gave him a pound. He gave me a pound. The guy was so excited that, that he, he, his one French bonjour has worked. <laughs> I, I laughed, I laughed at that. He told me I'd met a Frenchman. <laughs> and, and, and his bonjour had worked. It worked because I said something in response. A horse. Charlie, ignorance is a bad thing, you The guy saw me, saw the car, saw the noise, and he says, oh, oh, this is French Guyana. So he brought out his, his French. Years ago, oh, one word of French. The way the guy was, the police was smiling. It's like he's done his best. And these are people who, when they were in school, they didn't like to go for the French class. Yeah. <laughs> And you, you, you agree with me that many of you, when you were going to school, you were not serious. Yeah. You even didn't like, you see, when you go to school, you don't like a teacher. You are stupid. You are a stupid student. <laughs> Look around for a student and say, hey, are you a stupid student? How can you not like so 
somebody who is trying to impart knowledge into your life. Teacher, don't teach nothing. <laughs> you, you see the joke? You see the joke? School, we do nothing in school. You will never pick up your book and read when there's no teacher. When you are not mature, that's how you behave. The teacher who is... You see, one of the teachers that we should love are our maths and English teachers. You see, and I'm saying that because of the type of results majority of the people get in those subjects. So you see a math teacher, he says, sir, I want to wash your clothes for you. Can I polish your shoe for you? Can I catch your anointing? Because for somebody to be able to teach you mathematics, you should be able to respect and acknowledge that person and stay close and work things out. But you see, when you're a child, you are foolish. You are immature. You are naive. You go to school, and then when your, your, your classmates are throwing things at the teacher, you too, you are joining your throwing things. Not that you are going to get zero in your mind, your terms. <laughs> and, and you are lucky you don't have a very serious father at home the zero will give you some lashes you will never, you will never, you will never forget zero zero I sent you to school to bring zero I see back home you didn't put that. some of you are report you even tell your mother they've not given you a report and mother, mother doesn't care about anything <laughs> Some people even change it. White out and change it. And then your mother, who is in the house, who they want nothing, doesn't even look at the other, the report card. <laughs> Congratulations. Help me, son, bring a 60%. Yeah? Yeah? Very good. <laughs> What, what, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that when you are matured, you understand why you do what you do. Yes. When, when you get older, sugar is not a problem. You drink tea, tea without sugar. There, there, there's no problem like, oh, the tea, ma, there's no sugar in the tea. When you're you a child, I say, ma, mommy, there's no sugar. You see, when you are young, you put sugar in the tea so much so that after the tea, now you drink the sugar. You drink the tea, and the tea is finished. Now what you are drinking is the sugar under and, and and the sedimented or the precipitated sugar. Yes. Then when you realize that you're troubling with sugar, <laughs> now, when they give you sweet time, say, no, 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 please. Yeah, because you know that you are going to die quick. The guy who used to take me around in my early days in Guyana, he, Mark, he went to the diabetic coma and he died. Yeah. After I moved to Georgetown, I think two or three months later, I heard that he was at the hospital, he was in coma, and then he died. Diabetic coma. He died very, Mark was very young. I think it was about 31 or 32. Yeah, he died. 
diabetic coma, went to do whatever. But died. So when the doctor say you got diabetes, that is why nobody should tell you about sex and all these things that people say. Because you know that, you see, when you are a mature Christian, you know that sex is not just sex. When you are breaking, something has entered into you that you are breaking on. When you break, it's a younger headspace, you're breaking. Oh, something, as you are breaking, as something is coming out, something is going inside. When you are mature, you know that, no, 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 not now, not today. Satan, not today. But when you are a child, that, that is why even in a church, you will tell somebody you like them. Because you're a child. If you come and ask those of us who are older, we'll tell you that you do for stupidness. Because that's not why we are here. We are not here to liken each other in that sense. But when you know about sex and the spirits that transfer and what happens, you see, if you, if you get a very serious lecture about sex here, Hey, you never, you never commit fornication again. <laughs> you never, you never. But you do that. You have a girlfriend. You have a boyfriend. After here, you are going to the boyfriend's house because there's no church until Sunday. You are there for four days, five days. You are enjoying, and then Sunday morning you turn a Christian again. <laughs> You enjoy like that, like that. There is people who do that are people who are not matured. Yeah. I was, I was, I, I stumbled on a clip from um, a clip of Donald Trump today, and the title on uh, YouTube was what? Um, this advice from Donald Trump will change your life. So I said, what kind of advice is this? Let me press it. He's coming. <laughs> then when I played it, then he was talking about how a good friend of him, of his, always would tell him, don't drink alcohol. Because he said, the guy was so addicted to alcohol, he drank her and died. So one of the things he was saying is that we should tell our young people, we should advise our young people not to start. Because when you start something, it's very difficult to stop. When you start watching BigMama.com, www.BigMama.com, whether it's, it's, it's real or not, I don't know. Maybe you should try it and see. <laughs> Before you say, hey, Bishop, what website is that? I don't know. I'm just saying something. BigMama.com. And you are watching it. You are watching it. And you are watching it. And as you are watching it, you are touching yourself. You are touching yourself. And you are making sounds. You're making noise like you're mad. And, you, and then it's like every five minutes you feel nice. When you start, you can't stop no matter how you want to stop. When you start, it's difficult to stop. Mature people understand that. That is why they say oh, condoms, sexuality, transmitted diseases, STDs, syphilis, gonococcus bacteria, gonorrhea, this, 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 that, uh, what, 
herpes, and all kinds of things. But if you are not matured, none of these things move you. He said, Gonorrhea? Tofiakwa, I buy this. Yes, <laughs> Anami. None of them does it. You, see, you tell yourself that you, you are superhuman. None of those things, none of these things move me. Neither count out my life or <laughs> be it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That's how you are matured and you are feeling sleepy, you go and sleep. If you are not matured, you'll be there and you'll be there. You sleepy? No, I ain't sleeping. <laughs> 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 one day when my girls were here in the summer I think I was, I was, I was sitting on my, on my desk and I was, I, was, I was doing my things and then I think T came in and she said daddy you're sleeping why don't you go and sleep I said no I ain't sleeping and she went out I said when she came my head was I said daddy she just took my iPod I said go and sleep go and sleep and I just went to sleep. It's like, Charlie, when you are mature, you realize that, Charlie, your eyes are closing. So there's no argument. You put down the book or you turn off the TV, you go and lie down. But when you're a child, you're in front of the TV, they go, look at you. Right in front of the TV, you are sleeping and snoring. It's it. It's like you don't, you don't know the moment to tell it off and to sleep. It's, 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 it's. How many understand what I'm trying to say? Some of you, your phone is not working good because you are sleeping in the fair. And crack. And you are still saying that you are not sleeping. And you know very well that when the phone gets out of your hand and falls down, you should know. Nobody should tell you. If you're mature, nobody should tell you that. It's bedtime. <laughs> yeah. A matured Christian understands why certain things are done. And they understand the reason for doing almost everything. And so we started by saying that there are some questions and answers that you need to know if you're going to be matured. Number one, why are Christians different from unbelievers? Why are Christians different from unbelievers? Because the Bible describes us as peculiar people. We are different from unbelievers. We are different from unbelievers. We are different from unbelievers. Because the Bible describes, it's not me who says that I'm different. The Bible is the one who describes me different. So when my name is Ayodeli Nanyamka, Hema or Veloza? Hema, not Veloza. You are not a Veloza. Okay. What was I saying? If you are peculiar, then when you look at an unbeliever, you can't desire and want to be like an unbeliever. True. You see Beyonce, you say, oh, I like Beyonce. You're stupid. Because you are trading peculiarity with nonsense. 
And some, some people are like that. Your idols, the people you like, the people you get excited by, they are all people who are not Christians. You are different. If you can understand that, it means you're on the road to maturity. Number two. Why do Christians not have close friendships with unbelievers? Nobody, if you are mature, nobody will tell you that your friend shouldn't be an unbeliever. Man, Bishop. Man, we don't, you know, we just talk normal things, man. Bishop, you know, we, we don't, nothing wrong. You know how we got easy stay. There's nothing wrong about nothing. There's nothing wrong with anything. Everything is okay. As long as you, you, it's okay with you. You must be okay with everybody. Why? Why are we not, why do Christians not have close friendship with unbelievers? Why? When you are matured, you understand it. You will not blame your pastor for saying that. Your pastor says you should not talk to unbelievers or you should not be friends with them. It's not your pastor who's saying that. When you're mature, you understand. Have you not uh, um, realized that most of the things that when you are a child, you, you don't seem to understand? When you grow up, you always bring it back. My mother used to say. Mommy used to say. Daddy used to say. My grandmother used to tell me that. It is only when you grow up that you understand. That's when maturity is actually setting in or has set in. Why do Christians not have close friendship with unbelievers? When I was in, 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 in university in the Netherlands, this was one of my problems. When I go for lectures, lectures were in Dutch. Can you imagine doing medical biology and everything is Dutch? Medis biology. Alice is in the Netherlands. So if it's organ, it's not organo. The organ is a Dutch. The word is Dutch. So I had to use the dictionary a lot. And I didn't have any friend in class. So when I go, I go and sit at the back. The lecture will rattle. Ah, what I pick up, I pick up. What I don't pick up, I get up and I leave. And I see that people are friends, moving around. You know, going here, sitting down, drinking, eating. And, and, and me, I'm a pastor. I'm a Christian. I don't mingle with any of them. I struggle though. <laughs> because I'm sure that if I was friends with any of these 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds who have come to university, you know when you go to university at an older age, everybody else is a young person. They like playing. The kids, joking and fooling in class. Uh, lectures, lectures, they are sitting in the corner, talking and chatting. That you are 28. You've come to university. You know that your life is going, going quickly. So you are sitting there paying attention. Some 18-year-old boy, 17-year-old girl, they're sitting next to each other, hugging up and, and, and touching and all kind of thing. And you are 28 donkeys. I came here to look for a degree to do well in life because at the age of 28 you understand what it means to have a degree it cost me I 
struggled in some exams because I didn't have anybody to study with. Because they were all, to me, unbelievers. I had to pay a price. Why do Christians not have close friendship with unbelievers? You have to understand why. Nobody has to tell you that. It's a baby. You have to tell a baby that uh, you know that you have poop. It's a baby that you say, hey, you, do you know what you have done in, in your diaper? In your diaper? Mature people, when you want to do number two, you know good, you know damn well what to do. <laughs> you go, you open the door, you unlock it. And then you sit down. And when you finish, you don't want anybody to see, so you, you flash the thing. And if you have spray, you want to change the atmosphere, you want to change the aroma, you want to change the smell. But those smells, you can't change them. They are not changeable. <laughs> Look at your beautiful face and how you are trying to change some aroma. Yeah. yeah. But a child doesn't know that. So as they are sitting down there and they are, they are playing and they are eating and they are I said, hey, get warm to you. Nothing happened to me. Doesn't understand anything. Are you the big person? You go, you lock up. I have always asked myself, why are our toilet windows so small? But I think I understood why. I understood why when I was I was working on a particular toilet in my house. I created a big window. I said, I like the big window. Because this is a place where a lot of air must pass through. Yeah. You can't go, you see, you can't go and sit there and then you're feeling hot. You are hot and the thing coming down quick. You can black out. <laughs> You are you deep. What what kind of punishment is that? Yeah. You are pushing things and the place hot. When I went to when I went to the company to order the window, the size of the window I wanted for the toilet. And they checked, they said aluminium. I said, no problem. Then they say it's 70,000. I said, no. So when I looked at the toilet window on the ground, it was 7,000. I said, oh, I understand why. Because I want a, a window in the toilet, and they are saying that to order it, it's 70,000. They're in the toilet. And I see the ones that are already there that you can pay for now is the only ones. You just push out. It was 7,000. 7,500. I said, oh. I understand. Who will spend 70,000 on the toilet window? Well, it is 7,000. I don't sleep there. I just passed through. 
<laughs> Somebody said, it's a sweet man, sweet man entrance. <laughs> sweet man got to come through there so it got to be small so that you know, can push yourself. Because bedroom, it makes sense. You have what? A 48 by 60 inches? Or a 36 by whatever? Some sash windows? You know, a double one is there. But the toilet... You, you watch people's toilet windows and you understand what I'm talking about. It's a small, I think it's by 12 by 12, 12 inches by 12 inches awning. You just push it out. Low breeze, you're all right. Because you ain't got no time to spend no money but toilet window. No toilet. But it's also very nice to have a nice big toilet window because it's one of the most comfortable. You, you have to be comfortable on the toilet. You can't be sweating. <laughs> sweating. Ah. <laughs> yeah, no, you need good ventilation in your toilet. So I have to reduce the size. I have to reduce the size. I said, okay, this one, this one, I think, I think this, this, this amount is reasonable. And I ordered it. When I was installing that, ah, how was it's, it's, it's big, it's not, it's not bad at all. It's big enough. It's better than the 7,000 that people is lying. I said, Me, I'll never buy this 7,000. Ah! No! Nice. Open it like sliding, you slide it like that. Breathe. Breathe. When you're there, when you lock it, you don't sweat. Because it's a lot of work you do there. It's work. Before you realize your face sweating. <laughs> Hot. And then, you know, one embarrassing thing is that when you finish and you leave, you wish everything would disappear. <laughs> Especially if you share the toilet with other people. Yeah. Then, then, then you feel you feel away. Yeah, that, that's why marriage is very very special, you know. <laughs> that's why marriage is very special. Yeah, because it is only in marriage, and when you are growing up in a home with brothers and sisters, that you can go, and then the other spouse can behave like there's no smell, and you're even chatting going in the toilet. So what kind of love is this? Joshua, you are, you are going to get there just now. <laughs> ah, you are brushing your teeth when the one is sitting down there doing business. Miss a level. Even think so. Man, go, let me do my thing, man. Why are you brushing? You, you come later and brush your teeth. Like, ah, what's the problem? Say, man, I feel uncomfortable because that place is very private. In fact, in Ghana, some people say, I'm going to the private. I feel, isn't it, Mary? Yeah. I'm going to the private. That's, that's what people call it in Ghana. I'm going to the private. Because it's a private place. Yeah. Because sometimes, no matter how decent you are, the type of sound and music that comes there. I mean, <laughs> if you look at yourself, lady pastor. <laughs> Look at yourself, uh, pastor and reverend. And you hear the sounds, uh, the harmony. 
Then you realize that man no be God, oh. A man no be God, oh. <laughs> eh? Why do Christians not have close friendship with unbelievers? So you have to understand that when it comes to your toilet, you build your toilet, you, you either have to have money enough to get a big window or you go the way, you see, when you get it, you understand why. I've always asked myself, Toilet window small. Why? Why? So why is it small? Because once, once upon a time, I was in, I was in England. I was in my niece's house, and I went to I was I was spending the night there, and I went to the bathroom. It's a whole room. It's a whole room. I don't know why I forgot that plan even. It's a whole room. It's not some small space. It's just like a normal human being's bedroom with regular windows. Oh. So you have the washing machine there. You have the bathtub. You have the toilet. It's just right there. Big space. I mean, when you enter there, you can do your quiet time right there. Yeah, you can, you, you can just sit. And there's, I think there was a stool or something around there. You can sit on and, you know, meditate. Because it was so airy. It was, there was so much light. It was so comfortable. I said, ah, I've, never, I've never seen a washroom, a bathroom like this before. A whole bedroom. Size. And you know what a black man would say? Toilet, so much space for toilet. <laughs> Why is the toilet always small? We, 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 we do so much injustice to the toilet, but it's a very important place. Window small, space small. Okay. Hmm. I might give you ideas when you're building your own house. Some of you, it's late. Your toilet is small already. Your window is small already. Maybe you should go and break your window and put in a bigger window. Yeah. In my house, I, I, I change things all the time. Somebody was telling me, Bishop, please, when are you going to finish this house? I said, don't mind my business. I come and I said, Hawk, let, let's break this part. Let's do this. Break it, crap. Oh, let's put it. I want to cover this part. I want to like that. What is your, what is your brain if you can't use it? How do you just build a house and there's no, there's no Holy Ghost impression to change something? You be go, I, I don't have a plan for my house. The plan is in my head. And when I wake up, anytime I wake up, some different plan comes up. So, uh, that's how Solomon didn't finish building his house until 13 years later. I made some final plans. I said, this is the last one. I, don't, I, I won't change anything again. I hope I'm not lying to myself. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. What's the scripture for that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, a closing, in verse 14. 
Give me the New Living Translation version. That's what it says. Why do Christians not have close friendships with unbelievers? Because, because the Bible says we are not to be equally yoked to unbelievers. Because the Bible says we are not to be equally yoked to unbelievers. This is very basic. That if you are a man of God and you have unbelievers as your friends, like how some men of God will have Hindus and Muslims as their friends. This is, this is, this is new converse class. The title of the book is How You Can Become a Strong Christian. Not, not how to become a bishop or a reverend minister. If you get to that level and you still uh, whine and dine and move with unbelievers, it means that something basic is gone. Are you, are you here or you go home? You're quiet. I don't know what I'm... So, at a certain level of maturity, nobody tells you why you should not compete with unbelievers. The Bible says so. There's a, there's a reason why the Bible says that don't team up with those who are unbelievers. So when you have unbelieving friends, you are not following the Bible and you are a child. The question here is that how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? In other words, unbelievers engage in wickedness. So you can't have an, an unbeliever friend who unbeliever friend because you, you are not supposed to be engaged in wickedness as a Christian because you are a righteous person and you do the works of righteousness. And so when you see Christians mingling and moving around with unbelievers, you are actually helping them and being company with them in unrighteousness, in wickedness. How can light live with darkness? I was telling the guys, the boys here, how sad it is. There's a guy who lives across the road. His father died. Since we've been here for all these years, I think his father died not long ago. They are the ones who release their cows to come around. They have some sheep and things like that. And, and you know, the guy, the guy was just a normal guy. Just about a few weeks or a few months ago, you see that guy in pants, soft pants, shirt, and tie. And he's standing right there waiting for a car to go this direction. Right across the road. The girl that you were trying to bring to church, Karen, her brother, only to realize that Jehovah Witness people have come to convert him. So I was telling them, I said, you know what? We have come to be here and, and we have a church here and it is shop man. For those of you who are shopman's uh, customers, how come you have never tried to get him to come to church? You see, we've come to sit here like we're there for nothing. Because we don't, maturity is so missing that we don't know why. At least somebody should be able, somebody should be able to tell shopman, you know what, you need Jesus. Somebody should, it should be somebody's hard desire and burden to get him to come to church. Because even the flip side is even more dangerous. Chopman needs to be born again. So, in the course of the discussion, I told him, you know what? 
this Christmas, we're going to start from the first of December. We're going to try and do some flyers and go around and say, we're having a service on Christmas Day for the community. And we'll invite all of them. We, we can put one Guyana on our banner. One Guyana service. Prince picture will be on it. <laughs> one Guyana. You know that that's what they are promoting, huh? One Guyana. Yeah, one Guyana, one Guyana. So, Christmas Day. Because we cannot be here and not have impact. They are rather collected. Sometimes, I'm sure the money you give to them, you don't give offering that much offering. The money you go and spend at Shopman's place, that is not a, is not a, the, the offering you give that day is not equivalent to the money you're going to give Shopman. And look at you. Look at you. Somebody who has light. Somebody who has light. Uh, Andrew, what did I say? I said, at least, let's give him flambeau. If we are the light people and he's the dark person, at least some flambeau. You know flambeau? Let's give him flambeau. How come we are not having impact and influence on people? They rather are having influence on us. Because we don't know why. We don't know what. We don't know the reason why we are around. Maturity is very, very important. It is even maturity that will make you tell another member of the church, don't say those things. You can't say that. What I say is stupidness. What kind of thing is that? But many people don't rebuke people at all. So when you have one or two people rebuking people, they are rather the bad ones. Because they are the matured ones who understand why certain things should not be said. It's wrong to say certain things around. You shouldn't even think about them. But when you get a rebuke or you get somebody scolding you, because you're a baby, you, play, you throw tantrums. It's true. Some of you don't like some pastors. Yeah. But because you're a baby, that's why. Yeah. There's nothing wrong about you, but you're just a baby. I don't like she. Miss Bray can't take she. Me want she. This, this, this. She always. You're a baby, that's why. You are throwing tantrums. You know how babies throw tantrums? Throw themselves on the ground. No matter how you lash them, I don't mind you. They even go down and they throw this one, take dust, take dust. <laughs> That's how babies behave in the church. Ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to be matured. Let's go in grace. Stand to your feet, amen. You should not understand why you clap. <laughs> God bless you. Father, tonight, what a blessing it is. Thank you for speaking to us. We only want to get better and stronger as the day goes by. Help us and lead us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. For booking and more information on the ministry of Victor Collins, please call us on 592-691-5301 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com God richly bless you.